fan. Watch. Watch this. I wanted to get that like model effect. Um, welcome to another edition of St. Benjamin's After Hours. Hi. I'm trying to get my camera set up, okay? But uh, let me introduce my co-host while we're here. Um, to the left of me, and I don't know if he's to the left of you, but he's to the left of me. Or maybe you're to the right. No, you're to the left. It's Hong of St. Benjamin's. 20 years on Wall Street. He's a good friend. He loves to smoke a lot of weed, but he knows a lot about money. High five. I'll meet your phone. Good to see you. Hey, good to see you. How you been? I've been awesome. I just uh, came back from a really nice drive up to Vermont with my lady Audrey. Uh, oh, yes. I, I remember. In the country with my cousin Julia, who has this, you know, she's actually a great example of kind of how you can change your life. I mean, she lived in, she and her husband lived in a cramped little studio apartment for 14 years. Uh, you know, in the city, and now have you know saved up and, and came into a little bit of money, and now live on five acres in Vermont. Well, how, how did they come into this money? House, yeah, how but the five acres in Vermont is like the cost of a studio apartment in Manhattan. Really? Yeah, it's like four hundred thousand bucks for five acres and a beautiful modern house. Mm -hmm. Really? I mean, I, I, that house, I would, I would take that house. In a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a second. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know can I, all the way up there, but. Well, um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, was she born in the city? Does she, she, she likes this kind of country living? Because not everybody's about that life, you know? Uh, they have clearly taken to, you know, they, they've got their flower, you know, they've got their garden, vegetable garden going. And mm -hmm. No, no, no. They, they, they clearly, uh, are settled in up there and you know it's a nice little community they're next to um where is it near what they're next to some college town up there i, I can't think of the town but whatever you know and uh burlington it's it's no they were going to be near burlington but that's like big city up there so actually they're near even smaller city. yo burlington's got like a hundred thousand people in that city yeah it's Anyways, not really and, uh, uh oh since 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 we're on Vermont for a moment, and then Ethan, yeah. I'll pipe in. But uh, I did note, and I sent this to Helene, that Bernie Sanders got through, that the Democratic Party got rid of the superdelegate system. And yeah. you know, yeah. I have been kind of like very, and we, in fact, Ethan and I were talking about this before we got on, that I'm so cynical about the whole voting system in this country. But I do think that that was a, uh, it, it appears to me like that was a real power move. And mm -hmm. that, that has some real implications. And, you know, hopefully the progressive component of the party will, will start to get a little bit of, you know, cojones over there. Well, I don't really know much about politics. So to be honest with you, when you said to me that you thought this superdelegation, blah, 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 I was like trying to tell somebody about it. And they were like, well, what do you mean? And I said, I have no idea. Tell me about superhero status. <laughs> in the caucus right. and I, they were they had no idea what i was talking about and it's exactly exactly because it's like everything nowadays like they they're, they're they throw out a bunch of stuff you don't know what the heck is going on in the media when they're talking about politics 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 yeah well i think that because i read that article too that a lot of people are pissed off about that only because mm -hmm. as I 
wrote down some of one of the person's name, but only because, you know, what the superdelegates did do, at least in terms of when they came into being, I guess, in the eight, eight, late 80s, early mm-hmm. 90s, I guess, mm-hmm. it helped for a lot of minority groups to balance out the vote in states like Iowa and where you had the caucuses, because they also reformed that too, mm. where you only had like a minuscule, even though there are large majorities of black Democrat constituents, it helped them to balance out the disparity between the white vote and the black vote and the white vote and the Puerto Rican vote and things like that. But did it really? Yeah, it did. But mm. what happened in terms of 2016 is that Hillary Clinton, first of all, came in there, and I have to say something very controversial, Uh-oh. in a very corrupt manner, Mm-mm. and used the superdelegates against what was going on with Bernie Sanders. Right. Ah, I understand. I see what you're saying. So, yep. Unfortunately, what was supposed to be a help for people of color mm-hmm. is yeah, you now another example of the right. Clintons screwing over right. minorities. Right. Well, I mean, the, I think that I kind of feel like a, one of the reasons why our president right now is President Trump is because I think a lot of people just really didn't like Hillary or they don't yeah. like the Clinton family. And there are all these, that WikiLeak situation and a bunch of emails talking about some crazy Illuminati shit, you know. I've seen them. <laughs> I'm just telling you. So I get it. Like, you know. There were a lot of people that were skeptical of her that may have not, they had just chose not to vote, period. You know, thus, like, ending up with who we have. Or, you know, people just really hated her. Right. Or they really but, liked him. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but... She used that system to, to, to try to fix it. Right? Mm-hmm. She basically had locked in all the superdelegates through her party apparatus before the primaries even started. Mm. And that was known, and that, there were emails to that effect. Right, right, exactly. That, that, that was just, you know, now, truth is, my guess is this shit goes on every fucking election. Yes, you know, I'm sure. What we choose to focus on at any given point in time is really just a media bullshit game, right? But, I, yeah. I, I but let me just say this, that Barack Obama beat her at her own game in 2008. Remember, he racked up yep. all of those caucus Super. states. Uh, Remember that? And the superdelegates couldn't cancel that out. See? Ah, uh, I see. I see. And I think you should blame Barack Obama for this only because <laughs> young people, no, when the young people <laughs> wanted... Um, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, the young people wanted Bernie. Forced Hillary Clinton on them. See, Mm, when the young people wanted him, he was all fighting dandy with that. But when the decision went against him, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. Because remember, he said, "I'm not like all the other politicians. You have to tell me who you believe in, and I'll support them." Mm. He didn't do that. See, and so now everybody gets screwed because. You don't know necessarily what's going to come out of this. You know, with the caucuses, you have to be there in person. Mm. And that mm. was a way against corruption to, to so vote for the candidate. So basically, Barack right. created Trump. 
Did he? <laughs> no, is that, is that what you're saying? No, I don't think Barack needs No, Trump. no. But, well, I, not obviously purposefully, but I do think that right. Trump comes as a payback for us having a progress, you know, at least a open-minded president for eight years. Right. And, uh, there were a lot of people who didn't like that. And, and they, they were going to do whatever it took to uh, take that down. Well, how do you think, go ahead, well, how do you think Barack Obama was open-minded? Open-minded how? Who, me? I think he's yeah. part of the Illuminati. Don't talk to me about politics. I can't, I don't go there. Okay, I, I just, let's, 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 leave I don't, it that. let's leave it that we all are skeptical and cynical right. of yeah. everything that we see here. And there is no, well, I guess you could, maybe you know what I have to do is I have to do what, what I do for companies is really go in and look at the numbers. Because in my mind, companies feed us all kinds of bullshit, but what I can right. do is look at the numbers and begin to say, well, you know, they can say whatever the fuck they want to say, but here's what they're really doing. Right. And, yeah. you know, it'd be interesting to see, you know, maybe you and I can talk about that, how we might even do that in certain instances like this. Where, where can we really get the numbers that, that lay bare what's really going on? Um, Hong, also, I just want to say thank you and welcome to the show. Because remember, this all started because I was just introducing you. So thank you for being here. It's good Amita to see you. Amita Fo, I want to introduce, and by the way, um, thank you for bringing up that topic about the superdelegates because I had asked you, I'm like, well, what? Because I, I don't, you know, I don't follow all that stuff. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, it's okay. great to have Ethan here because Ethan actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Shots fired! Shots fired! Shots fired! That was a shot at me, not at you. No! That was way. a shot at me. I have no, no fucking idea what I, I... I spout all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's well, good. We're glad anyway, we can see you. And speaking of... Yes, and speaking not dissing of, you. <laughs> and speaking of Ethan, um, Ethan Malvo is with us, and he is the host of Malvo Talks, which is on the Green Tea Network. You could click on the other episodes. Actually, if you look down below, you'll find um, a bunch of information as to where you can find the Green Tea um, Network, all the platforms, and um, Ethan's show is there as well. Now, Ethan, you graduated from Fordham University with right. a degree in 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 uh, um, science. basket weaving. <laughs> no, okay, okay, sorry. That's what I graduated. I graduated. Now you try to take a shot at me, huh? No, I wasn't. I grad. I graduated with a degree in Latin American Caribbean studies, and my father literally, when we made the invites to my graduation party, my father said, "What is this? Some kind of uh, BA in BS?" So I wrote that. I said, uh, "Come help celebrate Helene as she graduates from." The the City College of New York with a BA in BS. <laughs> so, so it was good times had by all. <laughs> but I anyhow, City College. My mother went there. City College. Yes, City College. Yeah, the we were the Beavers. Do you know that we were the Yeah, beavers. yeah. Okay. The Beavers, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he did not graduate with basket weaving like me. He graduated with a degree in political science, and he wrote the book, uh, which you, have, you just showed one earlier. What was the name of that? Oh, The Service. That was something else. Wait, that's not what you want? Which, no. one, which one are we showing? Which one are we showing? 
Oh, um, well, it's back here somewhere. I oh, my oh, God. Goodness. You gotta have it in your hand ready. Okay. Well, wait a minute. I'll just run back Okay, here. okay. Run back there and, and, and get the book. This is, this is over here, right here. Right there. The Color Line A History. Right. Can you tell us just a, a quickly um, about the book, where they could find it? Who wrote uh, that book? Yeah. And who wrote that book? Me. Who wrote that book? Ethan wrote that book. I wrote that book. Yeah. Uh, you can find it if you go to my Twitter feed, the handle there, at ED Malvo, you will find the book website. You can go and purchase it there. Uh, Ethan, do, do me a favor. And uh, after the show, let's make sure that your handle for Twitter is underneath the show. Okay. Okay. ED Malvo needs to be on the bottom so people can go there, go to Ethan's Twitter feed, find his book. Okay. Because no problem. Ethan's a smart guy. Ethan's a real smart guy. And, you know, it's thank you easy for saying to that. You're welcome. And it's easy to watch Twitter, uh, not Twitter, um, uh, you know. The show, Malvo Talks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Malvo Talks right here on Green Tea Network. Nice. Because that's a good time. Now, what, the last episode that you had was called what? Uh, Black People Mind Your Own Business. Yes. And that's not just a thing where I'm just saying, mind your business, go somewhere, sit down. I mean, pay attention to what's happening to you. That's... Does that also mean pay attention to your how you spend your money? Uh, yeah, too. It can be because, that. Yes. Because I kind of feel like the Green Sheen Network and all what we're about is about people minding their own business. Right. But not really minding it like, oh, you know. Yeah, shut up and go somewhere and sit down. No, no. It's like, like pay attention, like you said, to what's the, the finances in your life, how you spend your money, where you spend your money, you know? Because obviously, we realize that, you know, we can't do anything without money right now, Absolutely. where we live. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the yeah. return of economics. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> it's, um, it's funny that uh, we mentioned all this stuff. Hold on one second. Oops. Cancel that. Let me just, I'm trying to pull up the notes from today's show because there were a couple of topics I wanted to talk about. Um, so anyway. Thank you and welcome to the show, Ethan. Thank you, uh, Hong of St. Benjamin's for being here. What's up with the hat on backwards? Nothing. What's up with that? Okay, you're good? You're I'm good. good? I'm good. Okay. All right, so I wanted to make sure that we got into t uh, tonight. Um, we were gonna discuss home ownership and what does it mean when one company owns all the rentals. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Hong, you actually sent me this story about a company called uh, Cerberus Capital Management. Mm -hmm. Amherst. Big hedge funds. Ah, okay. And Amherst Holdings. And the fact that they're raising millions of dollars right now to right. try to buy up all of these single family homes so that they could rent them out to people. Yes? Yes. So my question is, why, like, I, I mean, if it's like, you know, in certain neighborhoods, you have a landlord, right. that, that guy, that one guy owns a bunch of buildings. How is this different? Why does it make a difference? And how does it affect home ownership in America? Ethan, I know you just bought yes. a home. Okay. Um, how is it different? Well, I mean, even though 
my thing was an anomaly, and that has a lot of messy things that I can't talk about. Okay, <laughs> anyway. talk about it. Yep. But 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 what it's saying is is that you know now whereas this was the primary source for like individual wealth building and everything else, like now corporations yeah. are sweeping in, and now you have a corporate structure to, I guess, being a homeowner. But more importantly, you have with these uh, single family homes, you have a corporation that's delegating what the rent price is going to be. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, an individual can just do that arbitrarily and say, you know, look at the standard rent in the state or the city and say, but renting, I guarantee you is becoming a very expensive thing. Mm. So I'm not quite sure. The article wasn't clear how this is necessarily affecting that. What do you say? I I think when you have these large entities going in and buying, I mean, this is different than your local, you know, multi-building owner in a neighborhood. Right. These guys are buying tens of thousands of properties. So they are they are basically going in and price controlling neighborhoods. Okay. My guess is what they're doing is they're going in and saying we can buy enough of this neighborhood that we can set and and manage the the housing pricing in this neighborhood. Um and you know, basically push people out from a affordability perspective. And obviously, uh this is um you know, not uh, a means of supporting individual home ownership. Um, it reminds me of, uh, of uh, oh shit, what's the Christmas movie we watch every year? Um, um, it's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. Remember that part? He has the bank and he's like the bank that's supporting the individual homeowner. And then the yeah. other full bankers, the guy who's building these mass bullshit, mm-hmm. you know. And we know what these are. I mean, if you drive through the suburbs, you see all these you know, fucking Avalon bullshit. I've lived in that bullshit, man. Yeah, right. I mean, it's crap. It's, it's, it's Trump-esque building, right? Mm. They build low-quality shit. And, you know, they're, but I mean, right now, I guess they're saying that they can buy up inventory. Um, I'm guessing they must be buying it from the banks and shit, too, because they must be getting great pricing on it. Yeah, they, were, they, they said about they were getting for, for these pennies on the dollar kind of yeah. foreclosure deals and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But what do you think it means for, like, an average – like, I rent. I don't own. Well, I should say uh, the house that I live in on a day-to-day basis, I do not own, right? Okay. Do your parents okay. own their house? Yes. Okay, so you have a house in the family. Two houses in the family. Got it. Right. So uh, I am named on one of the houses and not on the other house. Okay. So and That's still good. Yeah, yeah. No, technically I'm, I'm a property owner. Right. And to me, it's um, something that, like, it's a beautiful thing to receive such a blessing from my parents in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. But I have to be honest with you, it's not something that I get to um enjoy all that much do you know what i mean it's it's nice but it's not you know it's kind of like i'm over here i'm like living in the you know concrete jungle and everything i don't get to like go out there and everything like that but um as a renter 
how how is this is this good or a bad thing? Is that the rent prices are going up? Because I kind of feel like I live in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's probably like one of the most expensive places to live right now. Right. Crying about it. Yeah. Well, you know. Oh, go ahead, ahead, Emil. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I I was just going to say, in terms of renting, you see, the thing is that you're not investing in that. Mm-hmm. You know, like your rent money just goes into the yes. of your landlord. He does whatever the fuck he wants to do with it. You know, mm-hmm. that's the that's the thing or she. And the other thing is, you know, where I live, I don't know when you um, go up the um, Hudson River, you know, the um, I forgot what it's called. But now what's that like Newburgh or no, no, no. no. Um, when you go down the West Side Highway, that's what I'm thinking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come next to the George Washington Bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see those new, two new high-rises. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Oh. But. Well, you should because, oh, yeah. yeah. I went there to um, look into renting. From that place. Yeah. And that, with two bedrooms, I don't know how many bedrooms, it's $5,000. A month. I think that might be more than my building. Yeah. Five thousand dollars a month. Now yeah. unless you that's are crazy. That's you know, crazy making mega, you know, money. Yeah. That's yeah. Who the fuck is living there for five thousand dollars? I mean, unless you're making twenty five thousand dollars a I month. Know. Or twenty thousand dollars a right, month. Right. Unless you are a millionaire multi that doesn't even make sense to me. But they are selling. Yeah. They are selling. So is I think that a lot of this is meant for international investment. You can tell. That's me. I was gonna say yeah. that. Yeah. The um, rental buildings? The what? The yeah, rent, renting. No, no, no. I'm saying international investment people buying into the building complex itself as a place to stash money. Right. And then, you know, people come out of there or it's just a way to hold money somewhere. But go ahead. Wow, I wasn't even thinking of it as being like a laundering situation. Is What you're saying is they're laundering money. Right. Internationally. And here, the rest of the people are really suffering because they're paying crazy amounts of rent. They do this. Remember, Emil can elaborate on this. Remember, in Miami, they were having a problem with high-rise construction. They overbuilt on the market. You remember that, right? And somehow or another, you know, after the economy picked up a little bit, you know, I saw a documentary on this, by the Mm -hmm. way. Yeah, yeah. they invite people like Saudis and oh. Chinese and others to invest as just like a holding place for like their money and capital and everything. Wow. Like that. So you tell me, Emil, you, you worked in those circles. So you tell me how you can. We, Emil, we know you have a lot of Saudi yeah. friends. <laughs> it's true. Emil, give your Saudi friends up, okay? (laughs) So international money flows, you know, have huge impact, I know, on the housing markets, on the interest rates, on credit, on the availability of credit. 
Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see as Trump, you know, kind of stirs the pot globally, mm -hmm. how that affects, you know, those, those kind of marketplaces. Um, you know, someone was asking me that, but then, you know, it was funny because the stock market has been going up. Right. So despite everyone wailing and crying about Trump and all the craziness, the, the numbers are saying that the economy is, is more confident. And that, and, yeah. that, and that essentially, Trump is making people money. Right. That's, that's what the numbers are saying. Basically. You know that's how he's going to play. Of right. course. Of course. Right, and should. Of course. Yep. Because, you know, he, on the West Side Highway, you know those uh, Trump apartment buildings. Oh, God, that awful atrocity, yeah. yeah. Right, but people are living in them. You see that, right? Yeah, but I think they're mostly corporate. I think a lot of yeah. those are corporate. Okay. Yeah. There's still money. But there's <laughs> no, but no, but they're, no, I don't mean I, corporate. I mean, they're in just my, so in my ugly. Heyday, I, I looked they're at ugly. Mm -hmm. I looked at running in those buildings. It was so depressing. Right. Oh, yeah. Was it like yeah. a, um, was it like a uh, internment camp? Yeah, it's just like soulless. I don't know. I just, I just yeah, yeah. Well, that that's what he he's into. You know, yeah. I don't know if you've been to um, uh, Trump Tower. I remember in the eighties, I was in there. Uh oh. Or passed by. You know, but his buildings are not have no style at all. You know, it's yeah, just yeah. very. Even though he claims to, but he bought the hotel in Midtown to yeah. uh, invite people who are into feng shui. Oh really? And, I didn't know that. I didn't know that about you know, the one that has the globe in front of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one over by um, what's that place called? Uh, uh the park, um, Columbus Circle. Yeah. So is that's housing a human right? Hmm? Is housing a human right? No. What? What do you mean housing is not a human right? Housing is not a human right. What are you talking about? Humans have a right to live in a house, right? No, they don't. Not, I'm just being objective. No, they don't have a right. What? No, well, don't you know your history, Helene? Wait, remember time. during the Depression, they didn't have a right? You remember that? No, so you're saying that people who had no home had no rights? Right. Uh, no, no. The, well, the, P.S., by the way, people, people who have, don't... No, that housing is not a human right. The people no, who housing is not a human right. No, 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 no. right. That is a basic right in this country. We talk about health as being a human right, that everyone yeah. should have access to health care. Yeah. Housing be a human right? Should everyone, no matter their state or their mental state or their financial state, that they should have access to some sort of housing? Housing or health care? Housing. Oh, well, there are two separate things. I'm talking about housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're saying that people don't have the right to housing here? Or no. No, if, we, if you don't have money and you end up in a shelter. I mean, I, I have a guy I've been helping with lately who's in a shelter in Brooklyn. Yeah. Well, I mean, but at least there's a shelter. Yeah, but that's because not that the same thing. That doesn't constitute housing right. as a human right. Right. Look, you don't no. say to him, you know what? I'm sorry you're down on your luck. You're here in New York. Here's a, you know, here's a, here's a little, you know, temporary housing that we have for you. Yeah, it's called a shelter. They do that. It's They're in the shelter. At least, they, at least they have some place to yeah, be. Well, have you ever been to a shelter? No, I, wa I walk by one once. Yeah, no, that's the thing. These shelters are not safe. I mean, right, I right. walk. I walked by one. I know. I heard they're not safe. I, I heard on a, a podcast once on NPR. Or you something. Forgot the movie. It's not a human right. right. 
most of movies. I didn't know that, but why? Uh, but why is this? But why with is Matt this? Dillon and um, Danny Glover, where they were both homeless. I forgot the movie's Wait, name. Wait, there's a movie about Danny Glover and who the, else? Matt Dillon. They were playing homeless people and they were going through the shelter system. What? Yeah. And what movie was this? I, I have to look it up. Matt Dillon. Wait, Matt Dillon. I remember. Were they like Matt. washing windshields and shit? Yeah. Wait, Matt Dillon and Danny Glover played homeless right. people? Right. I love Danny Glover. Whatever happened to that dude, man? I don't know. Uh, no, he's still around. But he I mean, still, he's still around, but he doesn't make as many movies as he used to. Well, he's an older guy, I think. You know, he's like, I'm kind of... Yeah, well, so is, um, what's oh. his name? Robert Mel- De Niro. He's older, too. Mel, Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Mel Gibson. I was thinking about Mel Gibson the other day. And do you remember when, like, they had the, the, the picture of him, DUI, and then yeah, yeah. And it came out that like he said all these like randomly anti-Semitic things yeah. right around the time he came out with um, Passion of the Christ. Yeah, Passion of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but then after that, he claimed that they did, the Illuminati did that to him, remember? I guess so. I don't remember that part, but I remember the anti-Semitic Wow. Yeah, well, I, he said it was the Illuminati sent that to him. Right. I also watch all the videos about people that are time travelers. <laughs> we can... yeah. But, you know, before we leave this subject, okay. uh, the Federal Housing Finance Agency announced that Freddie Mac and Freddie, no, Fannie Mac and Freddie no. May. No, Fannie Fre- May. May and Freddie Mac. Yeah, Freddie yeah. May. Where did they come up with these names from? Freddie May and Freddie Mac will both be shutting down their single-family rental pilot programs and ending their participation in the single-family rental market. Interesting. That means that poor people who are benefiting from that are not going to be eligible for this turnaround or whatever they're doing with the single-family market. Shocker. Out of the marketplace. Shocker. Uh, I just wanted to put that because that was, I didn't know that. They don't even announce that on the news. They were getting out. But why why would they tell you in the news? Really? They're really going to tell you something on the news? Sometimes they do. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Really? You'd be surprised. Yeah. Sometimes they do, but they don't tell you everything. That's your point. Yeah, exactly. They don't tell you everything. They give you like a little headline. It's kind of like, it reminds me of like the police blotter, like in the... But, yeah, but Emil, tell me why they have it. I thought they were going to completely liquidate Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae after the crash. Because they didn't like the public-private partnership continuing on. Well, I think they basically just got rid of the public-private partnership. I don't think those things have any... I think those are just entirely now government-run entities. All right. And and I, but but you know I, I would have to double check that. I'm I'm a little out of my, over my skis because it's not an area I've spent a lot of time looking at. Um, but uh, you know. So what's yeah? What's our final verdict on the single-family thing, housing? Well, I'm still renting, and I'm not. I don't know about these hedge fund people, and it's probably something bad. That's all I know. Uh, well, I think, uh, you know, 
it depends how you view the kind of the, the American dream. I mean, if the American dream is about owning your home and being independent and kind of building your own life, I think that was the original dream right. of the, of the, you know, the people who were crossing the plains and, you know, the, the, the brave people who created this country. And, and I think that when you have a, um, you know, when you turn the housing market into McDonald's, which is basically what this is doing, I do think it's a generally degrading thing. And I think that um, it's part of the system's desire to cut the balls literally off of all of men and women. And I think, you know, men and women both have, you know, gojones, plenty. Mm -hmm. They want to chop them off and just make us into their drones. Fuck them. That's my... I think he was just talking about people crossing the plains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like about the settlers. Yeah, he's like he's like talking about like white settlers. No, no. From Europe. No, no. There were black settlers. There were they were from all where, over the world. Where no. how? And how they make it across the yeah, plains? Well, we yeah, yeah. Did they come freely? I'm not glorifying, you know. Um, let's, 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 I was trying, I've been very specific. Wait, it Let's sounded, it sounded, it sounded that yeah, yeah, it had nothing to do with the Native Americans that lived on that land and the white people just plowed right over them and said, this is ours. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking Buffalo got run over by those white people like crossing the plains. It's so crazy. I mean, all right, I'm just saying. But look, 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 whatever, they were brave motherfuckers. Yes, they were. The white people? Yeah, they were, they were. And they were tough as shit. They were belligerent, They were nasty. Probably. I'm not But But I see it more in the sense of the libertarian, you know, we should, I think it goes back to what you were saying. I have a conflict. I'm sorry, I just got to say this. I, you know, I'm a very empathetic person. And yet I also think people need to stand for themselves. Right. You have an ego. But then when people, but then when, but if people cannot stand for themselves, then I don't think it's right to abandon them. Okay. So, you know, at whatever point they are in their inability to take care of themselves, uh, there should be the support there to help them get back on their feet which right. is more of a human thing, you know, than a government thing. It's like... But is it an American thing? That's the thing. Oh, gosh. Is it an American thing? America. What? Is it an well, American I thing? I think that's a conversation that the country's having right now because I think Bernie resonated with that message that it is an American thing, that we want to be able to take care of the people, you know, of this country at some, you know, with some kind of basic dignity. And... Uh, mm -hmm. That that had that had resonance. It's just right. corporate entities didn't like it because it has implications. <clears throat> yeah, like taking all their money. Particularly yeah. healthcare, by the way. I mean, if we, if we, because yeah, he wanted to make it like subsidized. If we went to a single payer system, we would cut healthcare profits by seventy percent. Mm-hmm. But if you went to a single payer system. Would you be willing to abandon, let's say, mm -hmm. 
the other financial priorities. See, because we got to explore something in terms of Europe and why they were able to have those programs. You remember um, Great Britain when it went to its single-payer system after the 40s, mm-hmm. after World War II. Remember that a lot of that money came from what they sold off in terms of the colonies and then gave back to what was just supposed to be for white English people. Ah. And now that you have people flooding in, yep. it's, you know, the brown uh, people, breaking the brown down people. the actuary tables mm-hmm. into, you know, fiscally speaking, and that's well, why then we already right. have a single payer system in this country for the elderly and right. that's the most high cost people in the system. So well, which, which, which uh, thing are you talking about? Which program are you talking about? Medicaid. Medicaid. Medicare. Oh, Medicare is for the, okay. Medicaid Medicare is for the elderly. Medicaid is for the poor. Everybody else. Right. So, now that well. came in with Johnson. Remember that. Who? Right. But the, the point is that Medicare functions very well as a single payer system. Right. Elderly. There's absolutely yeah, but no then they opened it up. No, that was Medicaid. You're right. Go ahead. No, no one's opened up Medicare. And the, the very simple thing is if we opened right. up Medicare and the, the corporations would, would be able to uh, get out of insurance, what they could do is the tax, it would end up costing half as much. Because so you're Medicare, saying Medicare opened up the Medicare system. The commercial healthcare system is a total scam. Mm-hmm. It's a total scam. And it's about 10 times the cost in many cases of what it should be. And the problem is the government doesn't pay that shit. So Medicare is reasonably efficiently priced, but the rest of the system is bonkers. Right. And, and it's bonkers together- because, is it, is it bonkers because the- or is it bonkers because the corporations want more for their pharmaceuticals? What is the... Well, it's, it's a whole, you know... Right. Palm-feeding hand, feeding hand, shell game bullshit. And no one, unless you're me, who spent 20 years doing forensic accounting on this shit, no one knows where those fucking dollars go around. I just spent the time figuring it out because... Well, because I was in, trying to invest in these companies and I couldn't invest if I didn't understand where the money was coming from. So I actually right. had to do the work. And, and you know, in the end, it, it, it just became increasingly disturbing and ultimately, you know, something where I felt like I was looking at something that was entirely evil that was underpinning my entire society. And yeah. I really, and I believe that the political corruption, a lot of the corruption that we live in, in inside of can be, you know, brought back to healthcare being a um, sick system. Okay. Meaning, meaning, we, we if the health, if our, if our commercial structure were incented for people to be healthy, then we would want them to eat well. We'd want them to live in good housing. We'd want them to have good education because that would make them healthier. But when we have a healthcare system that's incented for people to be sick. And for them to feed you drugs and treatments and shit, it feeds mm. the entire structure of the system. Now we don't want you to eat well. Now we don't want you to be educated. Fuck living in good housing. Fuck good, you know, just get- yeah, Did they ever want you to eat well? <laughs> I don't 
believe that they, I don't think that they still don't want you to eat well. You know, yeah, that's, what I'm saying. that's my point. My point is when, when the healthcare system is designed to make money off you being sick, then they will never do anything. And that ethos spills into the society. Whereas, you know, if the system was, oh, you know, I can make it simple. You know, Humana, I'll pay you, you know, 3,000 bucks for this guy. You know, you make profits if you keep him healthy. If you spend too much and he gets sick, you're going to have to cover it. So, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, you can flip the equation so that the healthcare specialists are all on the same page with you. So, so, so you're like, basically you're saying that um, a, um, a health insurance company right now wants somebody that's constantly sick. That benefits them somehow because then the drug companies make money off of prescribing drugs, etc. Yeah, when you're sick, they only treat you when you're sick. Right, it's true. So that's it. I mean, so they and if they treat you and, and you're sick and then you're chronically sick, you're a gold mine. And so if they give you chronic treatment that has a side effect, now you've got your chronic treatment plus you've got a new thing coming. Now you're mm. a double gold mine. It's a fucking video game. You're just a fucking piece in their video game. See, I always thought that the basis of the healthcare, let's say private insurance, was just like every other kind of insurance in that as soon as you need it, you get punished for it, you know? Ooh, ooh. So when he's saying a gold mine, I'm thinking about, well, you know, you have to pay a penalty for needing it, you know? Ooh. Oh, and of course. Every well, time you, you know, come they, in and they, out of the they hospital, totally right. no, no, no. They totally figured out a way to fuck the consumers on the right. back end as well, of course. Ooh. But again, why not? Yeah. Right, because you so, need that. It's another right. pot of money. Let me get all of that one. Mm. And then I'll get what I can from the insurance company, what I can from the government. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the fucking game. Yeah. <clears throat> well, what's wrong? Tell me this, Amir. What's wrong with the VA system? Because that's completely, as Ooh. in theory, government run, you know. That, yeah. And it's very bad from what I understand. Right. Well, I should say, I don't say very bad. The people that I know that are veterans right. that actually use those services, they've told me that they've, this the um, care that they have received and the timeliness of things is not the best. Right. And there was a ruling this past oh. week okay. that, that makes it harder for you to fire people in the bureaucracy so, there. Go ahead. I, I don't think there's any incentive structure in the VA system whatsoever. It's just a bureaucracy. Okay. So it's basis. So it's, it's probably the worst possible system because it's just rotting from the inside. Mm -hmm. Okay? When you have no incentive structure, then people don't do anything. They just sit around. You get the worst people because you get the people who are happy or okay just sitting around doing nothing all day and, then, and doing that for the rest of their lives and collecting their pensions. Right. And, and now... Then you have these for-profit systems. I'm going to suck as many pennies out of you when you're, when you're in our hospital as possible. That's also problematic for sure. Now, the third possibility that I would promote is basically a private system that's run at risk, meaning um, I will assign you this population. Here's what the cost of that population is expected to be. I will pay you X percent of that cost, and we will work basically a, 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 an incentive structure that the healthier and lower that you end up total cost of that system, 
So as you ratchet down costs by being efficient, not preventing care, because if, if you have a lot of people getting really sick, I'll see that in the numbers. Okay. Got, it, it, this is, we have the systems and the data to do this now. That's the thing that makes me fucking angry because 20 years ago, all of this data was so complicated, no one could have done anything with it. But now we totally could run this system efficiently. We have the data to say, oh, you shouldn't go to that doctor because he's not good with this disease. Blah, blah, fucking blah. You know, and really run it on data because that system actually generates real outcomes data. The hey, problem you guys. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I have to go because... Um, yeah, we, 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 we've had a long go on this topic. So. Yes, okay, but, yes. And we'll come back to our other topic. I want to tell you, I've been reading this right here. The Wall Street Journal Financial Guidebook for New Parents. Okay? Oh, yeah. That I want was to get one into of our the, topics, right. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I want to get into this. I can't get into it now. I have okay. to go because uh, the baby just got home. I got, I got shit to do. But it was good seeing you guys tonight, and I look forward to seeing you again. Next week is Labor Day Monday. So, so we'll pick up with this topic then. We'll, we'll, do, yes. we'll, do, we'll do it over our dinner on, on uh, when, when, are we having, when are we having dinner? Uh, thir uh, Thursday or Wednesday? Thursday. Was it Thursday? We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it dinner. Okay. I'm going to fall. Bye, guys. Take care. Thank you so much. Have a nice evening. Ciao. Bye. Ciao.